Reverend Heather Tadlock is pastor of Bethany Presbyterian Church, a church known in Spokane for the bold and timely phrases on its electronic sign on the South Hill. Her church isn't gathering in person right now, and Tadlock says in this time of COVID-19, clergy everywhere have become tele-evangelists. Welcome to Faves Forward, a podcast about how faith communities are staying connected during this coronavirus pandemic. I'm Tracy Simmons. My name is Heather Tadlock, and I serve as the pastor of Bethany Presbyterian Church here in Spokane. Uh, We're located on the South Hill. We are a Presbyterian Church USA congregation. Uh, We have been around for, I believe this is our 111th uh, birthday uh, this year, so we've been around for a while. Uh, We're a smaller congregation. We are small but mighty. Uh, We are, I think our membership is officially, I think, around 67 members, Uh, but uh, we are a wonderful group of rabble-rousers. I am surrounding myself with people who are smarter than me, which is always a wonderful thing. Uh, It is a terrific congregation, and I am blessed to be their pastor. You know, your church always has some kind of cool message on that that sign. (laughs) Yes, we're known for our sign, uh, and that uh, precedes uh, our location on on Ray Street. Uh, We used to be located on Freya, and uh, that was not an electronic sign. That was one that had to be uh, put up manually. Uh, My predecessor, Reverend Paul Rodkey, that was something that he really emphasized and and, and liked uh, us being known for uh, our thoughtful, uh, oftentimes provocative uh, sign, um, hopefully making people uh, think, uh, but certainly letting the community know who we are. Yeah. In, in the time of COVID, are you still able to put a message on your sign? Uh, it's more challenging. Our uh, We're all uh, officing at home for the most part. Our office administrator, Kate, uh, is working from home. Uh, so she does sometimes go in and do that sign. Uh, it is, uh, it's a little old, so it's, it's harder. It's harder to do that when you're working remotely. So that's not getting updated as much as, as we would like, but still some. Uh, we were able to put up signs that uh, supported Black Lives Matter, for instance, signs that supported Pride during uh, June, during Pride Month. Uh, so we're, we're still keeping up, but not as, we don't change it as frequently as we used to. Yeah. So on your website, I noticed you refer to yourselves as more light Presbyterian. I was wondering what that means. Yes. uh, Well, it is an affinity group within the Presbyterian Church USA, uh, but it began when our denomination was in a different place concerning the full inclusion of the LGBTQ community. Uh, So it was begun uh, for congregations and and pastors and individuals within the Presbyterian Church to express that that we uh, disagreed <laughs> with the, the current polity of the time that excluded LGBTQ folks from serving as pastors, uh, but even serving as elders and deacons. And so it was begun during that time. And uh, since, uh, gosh, it's been a while since our polity has, has changed to allow 
the, the full inclusion of, in ministry of uh, the LGBTQ community. Uh, but even though that has changed, there is still a lot of justice work to be done, advocacy for the LGBTQ community. Uh, and so uh, we continue to, to be identified as more light. So that, that's what that's about. And we're very proud uh, to be affiliated with More Light. So it's, it's another way of saying open and affirming in the Presbyterian Correct. language. Yeah. Right, open and affirming. And you know, we like to say that you know, we're more than welcoming, we are fully inclusive and joyfully accept uh, the gifts of all of God's children yeah. in the ministry of the church. Okay, so what is worship like for you these days? Yeah, it is. Uh, it is different. We since mid March, uh, we have been having worship via Facebook Live, and you know we thought about uh, changing it up and you know doing it through Zoom, but we've just landed on Facebook Live because uh, we we like the immediacy of of the service. I, I was telling you a little bit earlier uh, that. You know, I am I am in awe of pastors that uh, really do a slick, <laughs> a slick looking worship service, which is which is great. Uh, but I know that if I recorded my services, uh, my perfectionism would kick in, and I would spend an inordinate amount of time editing or or re-recording. Uh, so there's something for me and for uh, for our congregation the live nature of, well, Facebook Live is right there in the, in the title there. Uh, we are able to, in real time, accept joys and concerns to lift up in prayer, to, to get some feedback, you know, to say, hey, uh, you know, Dave and Judy are here, uh, that kind of thing. It's, it, it's fun, you know, especially as a smaller congregation. Um, we do have uh, folks trickling in from, from elsewhere. Uh, I have uh, actually uh, one of my closest friends from my teenage years, tunes in from Salt Lake and her mother uh, from Belize. And these are folks um, that have not really been active in church. And so they've taken this opportunity to, uh, to plug in and to find that there are faith communities that would, would speak to them. Uh, Also, we have uh, folks from the Spokane area who have never come to our church, but have somehow heard about us and, and are, and are joining in. And that's a, that's a fun thing too. Uh, So we miss so much being together in the flesh, but we have found community through the Facebook live. So I'm grateful for that. Uh, I will say that the first few Sundays of leading the Facebook Live service, I've been ordained for 18 years and have been preaching for longer than that. But I was equally as nervous those first few Sundays as I uh, to preach on Facebook Live as I was to preach my first sermons in seminary. Uh, it was such a, a shift. Yeah, it really is. It's putting yourself outside of the safety of the church walls and on the internet for anybody to to see. Right. But I think that that is around for the, certainly the rest of my ministry. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just, we've all become televangelists. But in a a good way. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I was talking to a friend of mine this week who is uh, also a pastor. And she said her congregation, a lot of people just want Zoom or, or Facebook Live to continue. Like they, they like this, being able to go to church in their pajamas, <laughs> drink coffee and be able to mute the pastor. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you see, I, I feel like there's just this shift happening in the way we do church now. 
Absolutely. And I guess it, you could have a knee-jerk reaction and say, oh, well, that that is uh, disconnecting us uh, in, in the flesh. But, you know, I, I don't see, I, I see a, a strong desire for us to come back together. That's not going to go away. Uh, this is only going to expand our reach, expand our community. You know, from the very beginning of the stories of our faith, from uh, the Hebrew Bible on, we've been told to look for the new thing, right, that God's doing. So here is a new thing that God is doing, and uh, we have to either live into it or, or just be left behind. Yeah, that's a really good way to look at it. Now, is it just you doing the service, or do you have, I think I've seen some other people on your Facebook Live, but maybe that's a different event that you're offering? Yeah, we have... We have done a couple of services that was Zoom to Facebook Live, which, you know, I might play around with that a little bit more, but it was kind of clunky. But the thing about that was that we were able to, you know, bring in a musician or another reader. But no, most Sundays, it's just me. I do have um, my family, you know, surrounding me. My, my husband does, uh, he's wonderful. He does, he sets me up. Um, my pulpit with my laptop and, and everything. And then he puts the liturgy in the comments of, of the Facebook Live so that people can follow along. Uh, our office administrator, administrator, Kate, she helps with that too. And she actually does a lot of the behind the scenes. Uh, so we have that. And then I also have, um, off, most of the time, my 16-year-old daughter is is with us. And and she uh, she plays the guitar and the ukulele and, and cello. And so uh, sometimes she'll, if I can talk her into it, she'll, uh, she'll start us out out with a prelude or, or, or play uh, while people are putting in their prayer concerns. Uh, so that's pretty, much, that's pretty much it. But it's nice uh, to have, usually have at least two people that are saying the liturgy along with me, uh, saying the Lord's Prayer together. So maybe it's a little less awkward for people as they are watching to join along too, because they hear, you know, maybe a few other voices besides just mine. Yeah. That's so interesting. I'm, I'm also hearing from clergy that as they're doing their services remotely, and I like how you called your laptop your pulpit, <laughs> and that's <laughs> the new norm now too, but how their families are getting involved in ways they haven't before too. Right. You know, I actually have my, my children. I have a 19-year-old son uh, and, and like I said, my 16 year old daughter, and they have all for pretty much their whole life, they have loved uh, to be involved uh, in, in the church and in the worship services. If I let them do it on their own terms, <laughs> I oh, learned right. that early on, early on. And, uh, they have thrived in the smaller church because they are known and their gifts are, are gratefully uh, received and appreciated. And so I, I'm just grateful that I have been able somehow to raise kids that, that love the church and love being part of the community, especially having my daughter be a part of this lately in the last few months. So it's been a, a real joy and a gift. Oh, that's great. Um, and I saw you guys are also doing a coffee fellowship. We are, yes. Uh, now, and that is on Zoom. And anybody's invited, but uh, we, uh, we don't... Uh, broadcast that uh, link widely just because of especially early on there was all those zoom bombers uh, and that was that wouldn't be any fun but but yes we usually have oh you know around eight to ten people uh, who will gather for coffee fellowship and it's just a wonderful time to catch up yeah to really remain in community that's right yeah. 
What other things is Bethany doing? I think I saw you have a book study going on, a very timely book study with Walter Brueggemann. Right. We are in uh, the middle. In fact, last night we just finished chapter four. Uh, his book is called Virus as a Summons to Faith. Uh, he actually, right around Easter is when this book was put out. Uh, and it's, it's interesting how much has changed <laughs> just since he wrote that book. But yes, it is, uh, it is a good book. It is... Um, you know, he's going through the, the Hebrew Bible, the Hebrew scriptures, writing on how the people of God, how people of faith responded and wrote and um, lived in times of, well, of pestilence is how it's called in, in, in the scriptures, which is, you know, what we're in the middle of, pestilence, uh, virus, pandemic. And he lifts up the word hesed a lot, uh, the Hebrew word that is translated uh, steadfast love. Uh, the steadfast love of God, but he translates it as tenacious solidarity. Hmm. I love that, uh, that God has tenacious solidarity with us, uh, with humankind. And that is just such a wonderful witness, a wonderful way to, to talk about uh, the loving kindness, the steadfast love of God, and how we are in return called to to show forth that tenacious solidarity uh, with others, with our neighbors, with the world. That is truly transformational. Yeah, that sounds very, um, very powerful right now. Mm -hmm. Indeed. Even though people are at home and maybe they're doing the book study or church or, or a combination, you continue to tell people there's always a call to action. It seems like with Bethany, you're telling people, don't forget, you still have to speak up, you still have to serve. How is that being received and, and why is that so important to you? Bethany is incredible. Uh, the congregation, uh, like I said, you know, we are not your typical small mainline church. This is a congregation that is full of people who have a heart for justice and, and a heart for, um, for learning. And so it is not just performative with this congregation. It's not just, oh, I'm gonna put a Black Lives Matter sign, as wonderful as that is, but that's not the end of it. Uh, they truly, uh, our congregation truly is full of people who want uh, the challenge of having their hearts and minds continually changed, to continue to grow. And that is, uh, that is lived out in, in acts of service, in um, acts of, of holy agitation. And it's, it's frustrating to a lot of us right now because there are quite a few of us that are in, uh, myself included, in a risk group. And so we're not able to go and do uh, as much as, as we would like. But we are cheering on those who are, you know, we had, um, you know, several folks who did go to the the racial justice uh, protests downtown. We have, yeah, we, we are still very, very active, uh, but we are uh, having to be gentle with ourselves right now in acknowledging that there are just some things that some of us just can't do. And that is, that's a shift for a lot of us. I came across a, a poem uh, this week, uh, Wendell Berry, that was really, really encouraging to me. Uh, you probably know this, The Real Work. It's uh, been a while, yeah. It, yeah, it may be that when we no longer know what to do, we have come to our real work. And that when we no longer know which way to go, we have come to our real journey. 
The mind that is not baffled is not employed. The impeded stream is the one that sings. And so this is, you know, this is all, all so very new. But as we're promised, as the wonderful verse um, in the letters to the Philippians, Philippians 1.6, uh, Paul writes, uh, being confident of this, that the one who began a good work in you will be faithful to bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That no matter our circumstances, we are not done receiving the blessings of God and turning around and, and uh, sharing those blessings and proclaiming the love and justice and peace of God. It's so interesting. Last week, Wendell Berry came up in the podcast too. <laughs> so he's very timely right now. Yeah, I'm very, very drawn to his work. I hear that from a lot of people who it, they're frustrated. I like how you called, what'd you call it? Sacred agitation. Is that what you said? Uh, uh, holy agitation. Oh, I love yeah. that. I love that. But because yeah, we want to, we want to go outside, you know, after the windstorm a couple of years ago, everyone was out helping their neighbors physically. And now so many of us are just like, we're stuck. And so how can we help without lifting the trees, if you will? Right, right. Yeah. It, you know, and that is, that certainly is a conversation for us collectively. It is, we live it out, you know, collectively and individually. I've, th- this week in the lectionary, we have uh, just a series of, you know, in Matthew 13, we have seeds everywhere, you know, uh, and this Sunday we get the mustard seed, we get the yeast. And, and that is really encouraging to me. Uh, that it is sometimes the the small things that have you know the cumulative effect, the small things that will grow, and to keep doing those those small things. You know, right now we're we're spending a a, a lot of time talking about like our our friends in Guatemala. Uh, we have a, a, a couple who just recently uh, retired from being uh, mission co-workers in Guatemala. Uh, mission co-workers, that's Presby speak, uh, used to be called missionary, but it's much more uh, a partnership uh, these days, the uh, overseas mission mission work. Uh, but they, um, we've maintained connections with folks that they uh, that they served in Guatemala. Uh, there's uh, a few groups of of women who are have their own business with sewing and weaving. Uh, we have um, men's. We're connected with men's groups called um, Man in the Mirror, and they uh, are part of dismantling uh, the culture of of domestic violence that is prevalent in in Guatemala. And so we're still very much in connection with them. And, and right now our, our mission dollars uh, that get sent to them are uh, literally helping folks stay alive. You know, right now people are, are being evicted over there as here, but it's uh, in many ways uh, much more dire uh, in Guatemala. Uh, and so uh, to to really be able to focus on on them and to uh, hear their stories. We hear from them every now and again uh, about how they're doing. Um, we are still active with uh, World Relief. Uh, we have a, a real heart for um, for refugees and for, for immigrants. And our small congregation is connected with uh, two families, uh, refugee families, one from Pakistan and one from Eritrea. Uh, I always say that country name wrong, uh, but I hope I'm close. And so there are still, there are still uh, things that we are definitely very, very active with. And those two, um, those two areas are, are something that's near to the heart of our congregation. Yeah, I read about your work with the Guatemala group. Are they connecting with you and telling you what COVID is like down there? Have you heard anything? Do you know, just uh, some that it's, 
Well, their government has, my understanding is that they have imposed, you know, very strict stay-at-home orders, uh, which, you know, is probably, you know, helping uh, the spread uh, a lot, but it is also, you know, at the same time, the, the economic impact of, of that, if there is no <laughs> safety net, so to speak, that can be devastating as well. So, yeah. um, so like I said, the, uh, the money that uh, we have been sending lately uh, has gone uh, for food. Yeah. It's great that you're able to continue to support those organizations and those ministries. Can I ask how you guys are doing financially? I know COVID, I mean, it's, it's hard to get people to give online, but hopefully people still are. And Yeah. Do you know, I, it is, I cannot, I have no complaints. I have been on more than, than one occasion since I've been the pastor of Bethany, I have been astonished at the generosity of our congregation. And right now is definitely one of those times. We're doing fine. Uh, we're doing better than fine uh, financially. Uh, people have been extraordinarily generous. Uh, we are, our budget is fine and, and above and beyond that, uh, you know, people are, are giving to uh, the Deacons Fund uh, so that we can respond to, you know, to emergencies, uh, to needs in our congregation and in the community. Uh, we have, uh, the last few weeks, we've been taking up a collection of money and masks to give to farm workers in the Yakima Valley uh, because we were informed that that was a dire need uh, in that area for for the farm workers. Yeah, generosity is a a mark of Bethany Presbyterian Church, and, and not just monetarily. We have people who are so incredibly, they, they live out their compassion, and it's reflected in their day planners and in their checkbook. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Well, I yeah. noticed in your, in your newsletter, you always put like your finances and you're mm-hmm. very transparent, which I think is, yes. which is good. Indeed. When I started the, this podcast, this is our 16th episode. But when I first asked that question of clergy, it was, there was a lot of panic, a lot of panic about, oh, we're not getting tithes, people aren't donating. And then there seemed to be a shift. People were starting to give to church again. And so that's good to see. Yeah, it is. And we do have a online giving. We had that set up, thankfully, before uh, the time of COVID. Uh, but until the time when we have to be distant from one another physically, uh, no one had used it yet. <laughs> but now, um, but now we have a, a sizable uh, number of folks who are using it regularly. So I'm glad it's there. Uh, yeah. it certainly does help. Yeah, when you can't pass the basket. Yeah. Right. So speaking of passing the basket, you guys have, like we mentioned, this big building. Yes. <laughs> and I think a lot of groups were using it. I think you had some AA groups and some other groups that were using your building and a, a preschool or, or daycare or something. Yes, a, a preschool, a co-op preschool, yes, was using it. And, um, you know, for, for the time being, um, no one is using our building uh, regularly right now. We're, you know, going to have conversations. We're having conversations with the preschool about um, them starting again and, and doing that in a safe way. But we're in the middle of that. I'm, I'm not exactly sure how that's going to, to pan out. It's a, it's a process. You know, our building up on the, not far from you, is, is also empty. And we had to go um, vacuum up all the spider webs the other day because the spiders are like, oh, well, well this yeah. is great. <laughs> yeah, we are still, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Again, the, the generosity of the congregation, you know, we are still utilizing and paying uh, our contracted 
uh, folks who come in and clean the building. And, you know, we're able, we're, we've continued to completely pay our staff, you know, even those who aren't able to perform their duties like our uh, companist, but I'm, I'm grateful that we're able to do that. What do the conversations look like about gathering together again for you guys? I am so very grateful that myself and our se- our session that is uh, the group of, of elders who are the governing body of congregation uh, we are not uh, receiving any pressure <laughs> to to reopen uh, and I know that that is not true for for every congregation so I, I know how how blessed I am in, in, the, in that way but we are we're we're doing our, our homework uh, methodically our, our uh, clerk of session his name is Dirk uh, he is our point person for for all things for opening our building up. And um, we have we have checklists. Uh, we're, we'll be ready when the time comes, uh, but we are not in, especially in the, the last uh, few weeks when uh, the Spokane numbers seem to really be skyrocketing. Uh, we, have, we have no business uh, setting a, a date. But so we will be ready when the time comes, but uh, we are in a hurry. Folks understand. The, the yearning and the longing is to to be together, but we're not willing to sacrifice anybody, <laughs> anybody's health or well-being to make that happen. And, and you said you're in the high-risk category as well, so it's good that your congregation is understanding of that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and is everyone healthy in your church right now? Um, as far as COVID goes? Yeah, or, yeah. Um, yeah, I have not heard of, of, of anyone, um, you know, having been infected uh, but, you know, we have a congregation of folks who are being really, really careful, but we, we also know that that's not always enough. Other people have to be careful, too. But, but so far, um, you know, we have, we have folks that are dealing with, with some other things, but nothing so far that's COVID-related. Oh, good. You know, there's just so much tension right now, in, not just in Spokane, but in the country. A lot of people are getting discouraged. And what do you say to that to kind of help prod people forward? Mm. That's a wonderful question because it is something that I I struggle with. Me too. Uh, yeah, because this is a time where you know maybe at least for me I feel like I'm doing everything and nothing all at the same time. There is so much uh, to do, but then I there's so much in which I individually f- feel like I'm. I don't want to use the word helpless because that's not how I feel, but. Um, overwhelmed maybe <laughs> is 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 the word and to take i guess the the message i would have is to you know take a deep breath uh be gentle with yourselves that we are beloved by god and god is not going to leave us floundering uh we still have a purpose but we got to hold that in balance self care with care of the world uh kind of you know put your own ox- oxygen mask on first <laughs> before you, you know, put it on your child to really be intentional about self-care, uh, that self-care is not self-indulgent. Uh, self-care is uh, necessary for us to to serve the world. And that uh, we say a lot at Bethany, uh, there is a lot that we can do. There is so much, there's so much need. We are not called to every single thing. <laughs> that comes across. And so it's about discernment. Uh, and you can't, it's hard to discern if you're, if you don't take some time uh, to, to be still, to practice some spiritual disciplines. 
to rest. Taking care of ourselves. And you're right, saying no sometimes. The holy yeah. no, yes. What are you doing for self-care right now? Well, I, uh, I took a vacation, which was, which was wonderful. I, am, I have a, a lifelong struggle with uh, clinical depression and anxiety. And not unlike a lot of people, this time of COVID has been a doozy. <laughs> and so part of my self-care is, um, you know, I am being intentional about uh, going to counseling. Uh, I am looking into for myself some, some uh, newer, um, newer to me anyway, therapy options which is kind of scary, but necessary. So that, that is primarily what I am doing. Uh, and uh, thankfully, I have leadership in my congregation. Uh, and I have been very open with my congregation about my, my particular mental health struggles uh, and have been met with nothing but kindness and support. And in some cases, gratitude, because in years past, you're, you haven't been allowed to talk about uh, depression and anxiety or or any other mental health issue. And so I feel like a, a large part of bringing myself to the ministry is to be open about that, not bleed all over my congregation. <laughs> I have, I have, I have people to support me, uh, but to be open about my struggles. Um, I know that when I was, particularly when I was a young person, a teenager, a young adult, it would have changed my life if I had heard a, a faith leader uh, talk openly uh, about uh, mental health issues. It probably would have <laughs> saved me many years of uh, a feeling like I needed to hide. Absolutely. And because I'm sure there are people in your congregation who have the same struggle and need that's to see right. that they're not alone. Yeah. And uh, that's one area that I've been uh, thinking and praying about a lot here lately is, is thinking about how, how I might uh, be of support to folks who are who are struggling as well right now. Yeah. And, and also so many people turn to their pastor to talk to. And so it's a good to set an example and be like, I also have to talk to somebody, you know, well, I am going to practice self-care next week by going on vacation too. I'm going to go on a backpacking trip. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, That sounds fun. (laughs) Yeah. Nature is kind of sacred, my sacred space. So we live in the right area for it. This is very true. Yeah. Good. Well, anything else you want to add? Yeah, that this is, as difficult as this time is, this is an exciting time to be a Christ follower. I think that we are, as the church, simultaneously um, being hospice workers for what has been and midwives for what is being born right now. Uh, the spirit, she is very active <laughs> in the world right now. And uh, we are seeing the birth pangs of, um, of something that wants to be born, uh, a new thing that God is doing. Not that God caused, <laughs> let me be very clear. <laughs> God uh, did not cause a pandemic to, uh, to teach us a lesson or to make us grow. But God is the ultimate opportunist and will use everything nothing is wasted in the economy of god and we are going to come one way or the other we are going to come on the other side of this changed and i am praying that that be uh, transformation to be more fully 
people of the way, at least for our congregation, for all Christians in particular, to more fully be people of the way of, of Jesus. I love that outlook. It's important to keep that, I think, at the forefront. Otherwise, like you said before, it's easy to get kind of down and yeah. depressed. But I really like that. And, and I think you're right. There is change coming. We just have to get through this, <laughs> this dark time. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I don't want to go back to normal. How about you? Mm-mm. No, I'm ready for something new. Yes. That was Reverend Heather Tadlock talking about how even though things are difficult right now, something new is on the horizon. Thanks for listening to Faves Forward, which you can find on our website, SpokaneFaves.com, or on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. As you heard on this episode, I'm on vacation next week, so we'll see you in two weeks with our 17th episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you.